I'm gonna call the regular meeting of the city council to order. And we have a roll call, please. Council agency authority member Stockton. Here. Sullivan. Here. Richie. Silva. Here. Roberts. Here. Wiley. Mayor Chair Roulette. I am here. You would please stand with me for a moment of silence, followed by the pledge of allegiance. Vice Mayor Stockton, would you please lead us a pledge of allegiance? Okay, Mr. City Manager, uh, any adjustments to the agenda? No, there are not, Mr. Mayor. I'll entertain motion. Motion approved. Second. Uh, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right, it's unanimous. We have item four, approval of the minutes. I'll entertain motion. Approve the minutes. Second. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? It's unanimous. Uh, presentations, I see none. So we'll move to item six, consent calendar. Mr. City Manager. Yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I am going to have to recuse myself from item 6A tonight uh, because my residence is within a thousand feet of the Green Tree Project boundaries. I therefore am recusing myself from participating in this item. Um, however, because 6A is on consent, I will remain in the room during the vote on that item, which is allowed by law. So with that, you can go ahead and move forward. Thank okay, you. thank you. I'll ask the city council if they would like to pull any item off the consent calendar tonight. I see no hands. Anybody from the public that would like to pull a consent item off the calendar? Yes, please. Your mic is hot. I am Wendy Brecken. I'd like to pull B, 6B. 6B, okay. Anybody else want to pull any item? Yes, ma'am. Mayor, council members, Dana Dean. Um, I'd like to pull the, I, I'm afraid I have the wrong, my wrong glasses. So I would like to pull the item related to the text amendment to the zoning ordinance for Northeast Growth Area District. Mr. Stevenson. It's item 6B. B. 6B also. B is in boy. B is in boy. So we're both pulling item B. Thank you so much. Yes. Any items need to be pulled off by the public? Seeing none, I'm going to close public, and I'm going to entertain all motions except for 6B as in boy. Motion and second. All those in favor? Aye. Any opposed? Unanimous. Now we'll go to item 6B, Mr. City Manager. At this time, Mr. Mayor, I would encourage that we invite those that pulled the item off to um, come up and speak to why they requested that item be pulled, and then we can respond accordingly. Wendy, do you want to come up first since you're the one that pulled it first? Thank you. Um, I asked for this to be pulled because I had questions about converting agricultural land to other types of uses and had 
um, environmental impacts been looked at, had the Williamson Act, Act been looked at, um, and just what process was used in um, determining these overlays, and isn't there a standard for determining overlays, such as, you know, you only do this in certain circumstances and not overlay an entire area? Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. Anna, do you wanna come up and speak? Good evening again, Dana Dean. I'm here tonight representing Corby Battery Storage, also known as Next Era. Um, and as you're all aware, we've been involved with this process for a little while. Um, I did want to report that we had a couple of great meetings this week with staff, with your community development director, economic development director. And again, I met with Ms. Morris today to discuss my concerns about this particular item. And mostly it is that we had an expectation of something different coming forward. I, I hope you've all read and received my letter from the other day, but essentially we were looking for more, more words, more content, something more specific. I had understood very clearly that all of you directed staff to include battery storage in the consideration and language uh, of this matter going forward. Um, and that's not included here. In addition, it seemed a little light on definition that you have the words technology park on the map, but that's as far as it goes. Having spoken to Ms. Morris, I understand a little better what her intention is. And I'm understanding that the specific plan process may be moving forward sooner than we had imagined. And that there's a temporary use allowance here. And I'm hoping she'll speak to these things as well. If that's the case, I'm a little, those two things um, being part of the expectations, it's a little less concerning, but it still is a little odd that it's so um, light on the details. And we'd like you to consider um, directing staff to bump it up a little bit and give us a, a little bit more of a direct path to battery storage within this very large area as well as defining technology part. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for your time. Any, any other public comments? I'm gonna close public comments, bring it back to our staff. Okay, come on up. Now this is just for this item, item B. Okay. No worries. Okay, go ahead. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I'll start with the concerns about CEQA and the Williamson Act. The ordinances that are in front of the council for second reading this evening set forth a process where a uh, property owner can come in and request for temporary uses of their property. And that request would go through a full conditional use permit development agreement and CEQA process. So those issues would absolutely be looked at at the time a temporary use is proposed. Uh, regarding overlays, um, I'm not totally certain what the specific concern is, but I can assure the council that the ordinances before you are an appropriate use of overlays, uh, that the city has used these in other areas, and there's no, um, I'm not aware of a legal issue or reason why we can't move forward. 
Um, regarding the letter from Ms. Dean, I just want to take the council back to the evening of August 23rd. I'm looking at the minutes. Uh, the council did not direct staff to move forward with the definition of the technology park district and allowing battery storage. Um, that didn't. That motion was made and it failed and did not pass. What you did direct us to do is to address battery storage when we work on the specific plan for the Northeast growth area. What is here before the council this evening for second reading is merely some interim zoning that gives the property owners in the Northeast growth area, a little bit of flexibility to bring forward some temporary uses of their land while we get going on the specific plan process where battery storage uses will be addressed um, consistent with the council direction. Um, and I think that was most of the issues raised, but if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Okay, I do have a question. Councilmember Sullivan. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, one quick question, Aaron. We also discussed uh, a possible plan B out by Easterly and to have staff meet with the, the developer and their team and, and discuss a much better location that we thought ideally for all. Is that, has that been happening? Is that also part of the process or where is that at or not? Uh, we have as a staff, and this is uh, me specifically and Economic Development Director Don Burris, met with three different battery storage companies and shared the list of five city-owned properties that we believe would be good for battery storage or potentially good. And so we've had those direct conversations with Nextera as well as with, with two other companies. Councilmember Silva. Um, City Attorney, if there's a temporary use, does that ever turn into... Uh, by law considered a permanent use to where it makes it more difficult to remove that temporary use designation? So under the ordinance as it's proposed, the temporary use would be would be subject to a development agreement which would set forth those parameters and, and prevent what you're suggesting um, would happen from happening because it would be subject to a, a development agreement. What consequences would there be if someone uh, uh, violates the agreement? A breach of contract and some some injunctions and judicial remedies. Thank you. So if we, oh, I see a bunch. Um, I apologize, Vice Mayor Stockton. Thank you. Uh, just building on his question, would that development agreement be subject to council approval, and would we be able to determine at that time if that is the case that it could be transferable to another buyer should the owner uh, want to sell the property with the same use in mind? Yes, all the development agreements are subject to council approval. Uh, Councilmember Wiley. Could you speak a little bit more specifically to the definition of technology park? I mean, do you have something in mind that's just not in the writing or is it just still kind of nebulous or what is the the issue with not having more specific information in this? It's the technology park, park, park term shows up in the 2015 general plan as part of this vision for the Northeast growth area to accommodate primarily employment uses. So it, it's described there and I can't read the exact words, but the general plan also says that prior to development of the Northeast growth area, the city will do a specific plan, which involves establishing these site specific zoning regulations to, to implement technology park. So as I shared with Ms. Dean this morning in our call, staff doesn't feel like we can sit down and just kind of quickly come up with a definition of technology park because that's going to be at the heart of the specific plan process, figuring out exactly what the vision is, what kind of uses the city's trying to attract out there, and then how to set the table with the zoning to bring these uses to Vacaville. And then I have one other question. Are, are the conditional uses also temporary? 
Under the proposed ordinance that's in front of the council, if you had a rural property and you could currently have like one single family house and you can have certain agricultural uses, that, that's not taken away from you. You can still do that. It's really temporary uses um, as defined in the ordinances in front of you that are um, allowed to go through a use permit and development agreement process on the premise that they're temporary because over time the city wants to see this land developed into these technology park um, employment uses. But people can still keep doing what they're doing out there um, lawfully at this time and nothing forces anyone to come in and make changes to their property or to do something new unless they want to. I completely understand that uh, city council can you know, make the rule and they can change the rule and they can remake the rule. Uh, my question tonight, if I'm gonna move forward with this is if we could do a development agreement, say with the battery storage and it's temporary, we can set that development agreement for as long as we want, even if it's temporary, correct? Uh, that is correct. If yeah. someone came in to propose a battery storage as a temporary use, the use permit process and the development agreement process would look at how that works as a temporary use and gives the city assurance and gives the council full control over the term of the development agreement. Perfect. Okay. Councilmember Wiley, did I clear your... Okay. I'll entertain motion if council's ready. Motion ready. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Unanimous. Oh, did you say no? Say no. Okay. All right. Um, then we skip all the way down to page eight. Uh, business from the floor. This is time to address the council on issues that are not on the agenda, but are within the council subject matter jurisdiction. And I believe you were gonna come up and say something. Come on up. <laughs> You can pull the mic right down. Yeah, my what? You can pull the mic down. Oh, yeah, yeah they got a little short. Uh, all right, good evening, council. Um, I'm actually here to advocate on behalf of the Vacaville houseless community, uh, especially during the winter times. It's just really important here that we have some kind of like warming shelter be made available. Um, recently, there was a death here in Vacaville. I'm not sure if folks were aware of that. There was a few articles written about it, but uh, James Mark Rippey did die recently. He was houseless in Vacaville for, I believe, 25 years. Um, it wasn't necessarily due to the cold, but it was certainly uh, made more severe due to the lack of resources here in the city and in the county. Uh, just as people die when temperatures are hot, people do die when temperatures are cold. And if the city, county, and state do not want to provide housing, then the minimum is a warm place to rest when temperatures pose a deadly risk. Um, me and others are out here every Sunday making sure people have hand warmers and food and blankets, jackets, and something to get through their week. But the best way to ensure folks will actually make it through is to get them inside of some kind of shelter. In 2020, Georgie Duke being made into a warming shelter was highly successful, and we saw a ton of people actually utilizing this resource, I think like over 30, because in Andrews Park, there's a ton of people who stay there every day, so it was an immediate access to them. Uh, the only complaint people actually had was at the site of houseless people utilizing that resource. Um, to those people, I would ask you, what is a worse sight? A houseless person staying warm or a dead body in the grass as you walk by with your kids? So I hope that the city makes the right decision or I fear we have another dangerous winter upon us. We've already had one death, rest in peace to James Mark Rippey. And I hope that that tragedy serves as a reminder of the stark reality of what can happen for those living on the streets. 
and uh, rest in peace to everyone who this city has failed. I really hope that you guys will be able to open a warming shelter now and provide housing and not handcuffs. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anyone else under public comment? Yes. Okay. Hello everybody, council, fellow people of Vacaville. I'm one of a number of civilians who's concerned about the survival and the well-being of the houseless population here in town. Like my friend, we've been here in the past, it's no secret, advocating for those living on the streets, especially during times of extreme temperatures. And I'm here today to urge you, public servants of the city, to open up warming shelters for those who are facing housing insecurity, especially as the temperatures drop for the season and the rain comes pouring down. And I'm adamant in my belief as well that Georgie Duke was greatly beneficial to those who were living on the streets. I mean, having served the houses community here for two years, I've heard them say that, hey, the warming shelter literally saved my life and I didn't know what would have happened to me if I didn't have somewhere warm and dry to stay during the winter. And with that, cold and climate-related death is easily preventable because of the fact that the city has used Georgie Duke as a sensor before. Um, and I do know that part of the reason that it closed down was its proximity to Buckingham, that charter, that charter academy. And admittedly, it's a little bit difficult for me to sympathize with the city's and the people's concerns about blight or about homeless people being an eyesore. Because at the end of the day, I would much rather see somebody who's doing what they can to get by and maybe is struggling than to see somebody who's deceased on our sidewalks. So I'm just urging the city council, you know, do the right thing because these warming centers keep human keep human beings from dying on the streets. Thank you. Any other public comments? Uh, good evening, Mayor of Council and staff and public. Uh, my name is Roberto Valdez. I'm a longtime resident. Anyway, I just wanted to today give you a little update, if I may. I want you to be aware of it for those who are leaving and those who are staying. Um, I've asked, I'm still trying to get a picture of what's going on at uh, Lagoon Valley with regard, with regard to the tree removal on, on Lagoon Valley Road. I know you've approved the, the uh, Tri-Village uh, Lower Lagoon Valley project in the past, and I respect that, but I still want to know what, how that was done, not only on the project itself, but also within the city park, Lagoon Valley, that we all value. I think it's our secret or valuable gem in, in the city that a lot of people don't know, but take use, make use of it or take it for granted. Anyway, um, and uh, I've invited the, uh, the former Friends of Lagoon Valley and also Lagoon Valley conservative people, as well as the uh, Audubon people. They know more about birds than I do, I think, and I'll learn a lot from them. And I invite you to come to some of those uh, walking tours with them and when we have it at Lagoon Valley. Uh, last time I can tell you, we saw at least 40 to 50 birds, 57 birds. And some of them are there, some of them are disappearing at a random, at a rapid um, exponential rate due to climate change, development, you name it, people, you know. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to be uh, straightforward with you, put it on the table so that everybody knows, the public, you know, and like I've asked you to put everything on the table, make it transparent, and I hope you got my email that I sent Mr. Payment, because I've also invited him. 
the city manager for that project and, and the other green, green uh, <laughs> tree project, you know, I'll be coming to you as I have in the past 24 years, maybe 25th year anniversary for me. <laughs> for me, Lagoon Valley is alive and well, and let's hope we get, get make it better and everybody feels happy with the final results. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Wish you luck. Happy holidays. Thank you. Any other public comment? Seeing none, I'm going to close public comment. We'll move to item 8A, Mr. City Manager. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, members of the City Council. This first item before you tonight is a variety of different entitlements for the North Village Project. We have our uh, City Planner, Paimon Bevan, and team to make a presentation for the Council tonight. I believe we have a recusal. Yes, we do. Okay, great. Someone going to... Oh, go ahead. I hit the button. Um, tonight, to avoid conflict of interest, I'm recusing myself from participating in item 8A regarding various actions of the North Village Development Project because my residence is located within 500 feet of the project boundaries. I will leave the dais until notified that the item is complete. If I do choose to speak, I will sit in the gallery with the public and speak solely as a member of the public and limited to my personal real property interests. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Uh, good evening, everyone. Council, the item for you tonight is the North Village uh, Area Plan 2 project. Just a brief summary of what the project consists of. It's really a comprehensive amendment to North Village specific plan. and includes a number of changes, such as changing general plan and zoning, uh, reserving uh, a school site, extending the terms of the development agreement, increasing overall units from 2499 to 2599, updating uh, different exhibits and standards in the specific plan and obtaining a vesting tender amount. So for background, the project went to the Planning Commission on September 20th, the Planning Commission voted 5-0 to recommend approval to uh, the City Council. On October 25th, the City Council reviewed the project and at the end of the meeting, or at, at the end of the discussions, um, directed staff to address six items that you see listed below which I'll go over in detail. Oh, thank you. Inclusionary housing. So the city council's direction to staff was to add inclusionary housing or add deed restricted housing units in uh, AP2. The applicant's response is to, um, to build, they are gonna build um, ADUs and JADUs in area plan two, and they've committed to um, having deed restricted affordable units on for 75 lots within uh, AP2. Uh, neighborhood park theme and design. The council had directed staff to add um, some type of theme or unique feature for uh, for the park. The applicant's response has been to increase their contribution towards the park design to account for um, a theme or um, uh, art feature to be added. Uh, the plan is to go to the uh, Parks and Recs Commission and have them review the project, have them review the design of the park, and bring it back to city council for final approval. So that'll be a chance for I'll give the city council a chance to look at the and the theme and the art that the um, Parks and Rec Commission is recommending. Uh, purple piping, uh, council's direction was to add purple piping for irrigation uh, for untreated water. The applicant's response, similar to AP1, um, they are proposing to, to include uh, purple piping and public landscaping will be, um, will be using untreated uh, water from SID. Home buyer disclosures. Uh, so this was another item that the council had some conversations about uh, direction to staff was to outline disclosures for future home buyers about apartments, school capacity, neighborhood park, and swim club. 
the applicant's response is has been to update those disclosures so they're attached as a, they're included in your report as attachment three which um which includes signature lines for um for for the buyers to to be aware of the different elements of uh, ap2 uh, the swim club uh, applicants initial proposal was to remove the swim club from a specific plan and add fitness center and swim club to the business park uh, zoning district uh, the council's direction was to add procedures to keep the swim club um, the applicants response is they will conduct an outreach to determine what the support level is um, for for such a facility um, that would the outreach would occur um, before the recording second small map map which could be around 100 units uh, roughly approximately and the outreach would again sort of gauge the, res the response and the interest from folks in AP1 on uh, interest in uh, funding and maintaining the swim club. If it is supported by residents, the HOA would build and maintain the facility. And if that were uh, to move forward, we would, all, we would just wanna make sure as staff that we engage the ALUC to make sure the density is, uh, is appropriate. Um, Leisure Town Road closure. Uh, so the applicant's proposal um, has been to uh, convert a portion of Leisure Town Road to an EVA um, once AP2 is built out. City Council's direction to staff was to uh, have an option for keeping it open. And in discussing, discussing this internally, staff's recommendation is to keep the current plan as is, which would convert the Leisure Town, that portion of Leisure Town to uh, EVA. There will be an alternate route. Um, and the few, in terms of if we were to proceed with um, trying to open up the remaining portion of Leisure Town, that would create some sequel concerns for us since there is um, some agreement, conservation uh, agreements and easements, and this any improvements would affect that. Um, but I have a map that I'll show you that, that shows that alternate route, but again, so staff's recommendations that we keep the plan as is. So the new route, um, again, this would be a built out. Um, the conservation area that you see in the middle there is what staff is concerned about in terms of any effects that could require further CEQA evaluation and uh, most likely um, further permitting and discussions with the Army Corps of Engineers since they are responsible for um, issuing those permits um, that the city received uh, some time ago. Um, so those are the issues that, that we talked about with council uh, in terms of the environmental assessment. Um, North Village EIR was certified in 1995 for this particular project. Uh, an addendum was prepared uh, in line with section 15164 of CEQA um, in terms of identifying the, the different elements and the minor changes. Um, staff, with the help of our cons CEQA consultant, determined that the minor project revisions don't require changes to the initial analysis. So with that, our, uh, we have two recommendations. One is by title only, introduce subject ordinances for the zoning map amendments and development agreement amendment, and two, by simple motion, adopt the subject resolutions for reaffirming the North Village um, EIR, the general plan amendment, uh, specific plan amendment, and the best intent of map. That concludes my Thank presentation. You. The applicant is here, and we have some city staff here as well. Thank you. I'm going to open public comment. Just you, Wendy. It's a 28-year environmental impact report. 
So what was there in the area 28 years ago? I don't think there was a hospital. I don't think there was a warehouse district. I mean, I was here. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I don't think there was a business part. I think there's a lot that's changed since um, that time. And the cumulative impacts have not been considered. I think on its face, this is not legal to, to just ask council to reaffirm a 28-year EIR without even looking at the findings. I, I, there should be at least a supplemental EIR or a NEGDEC or something like that. Um, I think that the purpose of CEQA, it, well, the city is a lead agency in CEQA, so you're responsible for implementing these environmental laws. And um, if a significant, it's your, your responsibility to determine if there's a significant impact from this project. This is a new project. It's it's not at all what was originally foreseen in 95, this um, phase of it. And um, no new cumulative impacts have been looked at. Um, I don't think any other city in the state does reaffirming EIRs. I don't think that's in the guidelines. I don't know if staff can respond to that, but... Um, I think that uh, there's issues that um, haven't been looked at, such as traffic safety, parking safety, um, impacts to schools, those schools in the area are impacted. Um, and um, the other surrounding area has not been looked at since 1995. So I would just um, ask that you would reconsider um, maybe deferring this issue until um, further study has been uh, conducted. Thank you. Yes, thank you. You can come down. Thank you again, uh, Mayor, uh, Council, staff, and public. Uh, you woke me up. <laughs> I can't hear right now because I've got a plugged ear and I'm also wearing hearing aids, but it's still not, I wasn't clear. Um, I just want a clarification of if you can reiterate uh, your staff, uh, what is it that where I'm hearing about closing Leisure Town? As you know, I've, that's my my saga, I guess. <laughs> it's right. becoming, I'm telling you that you are over, over uh, um, was it canceling the whole purpose of Leisure Town Road? I would like to know more details about that, if it's possible, briefly, or meet with the, you know. Um, anyway, uh, that's where I'm coming from, and of course, the impact of the CEQA requirements environment. Because right. there's a lot of species. Okay. Uh, you know where they are. Swainson hogs, white-tailed kites, and boring owls, and you name, and all the, by the way, in regards to another related project, uh, the, uh, um, what is it, the, uh, uh, the one, the, the biotech building, the campus you're building over on the corner of uh, 505 and I-505 and 80. I mentioned to this, to, to, I want to clarify with, uh, with the I planning stick, commission. I just want to stick to this item. What? I, I want to stick to the item. Okay, that's on but the it's it's, uh, it's the environmental concern. I just okay. wanted to, so, well, maybe I'll talk to the planning commission because they, yeah. they seem mis misunderstood my comments. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Any other public comment? I'm going to close public comment, bring it back to council. Council member Sullivan. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Um, so I have uh, several comments. Um, so I'm just going to go in order, I think, of 
the, the handout we have here. So uh, the apartment complex issue, I'm still not totally clear what the construction schedule on that is. Council was pretty clear that we wanted that first. The language we got back from the applicant tends to say that we're just gonna do noticing or signage. We are getting sued in a very similar situation in Southtown right now, and I think that's a really bad idea. I don't think signage is gonna solve the problem. We had signage in Southtown, so I'm wondering if Aaron could let us know what, where did we end up on the apartment build schedule issue? The project is not conditioned to build the apartments as the first part of the development. Um, I wanna say it's, they're anticipated to come in at closer to the midpoint, although I believe the applicant could speak to that in more detail. Okay, so you know I won't be here obviously to deal with the blowback, but you guys probably will and you're getting roasted by the Southtown residents right now and we're gonna probably have a pretty major lawsuit. So I think it's something for this council <coughs> to consider to tighten that language up. I think uh, signage is great, but we had signage before and um, you know, you're, you're, we're gonna have a repeat of that same situation. The purple pipe piece, thank you, that's great. I think that's awesome. I think we need to get ready to, to irrigate as much of Vacaville recycled water as possible. I'm very happy that's happening. The private swim club, I feel a little uncomfortable with the language. I don't, I, it feels a little squishy. There's also this airport issue now where if we move it into the new site, there's a 75 person per acre maximum. I feel like we're kind of being set up to have that pulled out. So I, I don't know how staff feel about that, but I think the, the fundamental piece for me is we, promise homeowners amenities. We promise them a pool club or a park or a school or whatever, and they get the old bait and switch. And it's happened time and time again in Vacaville. And so at the end of the day, the swim club is not the hill I wanna die on, nor do I necessarily think a private swim club is something to fight about, but these folks were promised that and people that invested in the biggest purchase of their entire lives were told they were gonna have a swim club. I wanna make sure they have a swim club. So I, I do feel like the language is a little squishy. I, I know we're talking about the general plan adjustment to move it to the new site, but then we have the airport issues. So I almost feel like this is kind of set up to, oh, we can't do it now because the airport issues. We've had that kind of go too. So I would like to see that tightened up. I think that was a big part of the concerns from the residents in that area. Um, the Leisure Town Road Closure uh, payment, great solution. I think that's fine. A weird little dog leg and I serves that open space. So A plus, I, I think that's a good, a good compromise. Um, saving the, the best for last here, um, or a couple of the best for last. The notices piece, I, I really appreciate. I saw the developer in here somewhere in their team. I, the notices are great, thank you. I think that's a good step in the right direction. What I would like to potentially see on the notices is the web information on how they can contact the school district or the city to get the actual construction schedule for the parks and the schools. I, I know that you guys wanna help us, but when you're in that sales office and you're buying your house and they tell you know this, this family with little Johnny who's two year old, you're gonna get a school across the street and a park down the way, and that's not built for 15 years, that is crushing. And so we've gotta fix this. It happens time and time again in Vacaville. So I love the noticing piece, but giving people a little more information on where they can actually figure out those exact schedules. Just because we tell them there's gonna be a school there doesn't mean they know it's gonna be 15, 20 years or never. Um, and so if we can add the website pieces there in the notice, that would be fantastic. Also, I think on the signage on those sites where the school and the parks are gonna be, that notice language is great. And again, with information on how to access parks or school schedules and timing, you know, we, we wanna inform people that are buying these homes, especially families that are being told they're getting parks in schools and they don't end up getting parks in schools. Um, the last piece, and this is probably the, the, the most detailed piece for me, again, it, it going big picture, we've talked about the housing element for years and years and years. I'm looking at our regional housing needs allocation in the housing element now. We need 338 extremely low income units. We need 339 very low income units. We need 404 low income units, 409 moderate income units, and then 1,105 above moderate income units. 
I'm not exactly sure what a, an, a JADU is or an ADU. It sounds creative and it sounds flexible, but 75 units of low to moderate housing doesn't sound like a big drop in the bucket in terms of our extremely low, very low and low. We concentrate low-income housing in Vacaville time and time again. Almost all of it is in Councilmember Silva's district and my district, and we continue to over-concentrate low-income, high-density housing in one area. I think families need to have a, a mix. I think we need to have some very low, low and uh, extremely low-income housing mixed into this project. I think, again, we tend to almost kind of uh, over-concentrate and sort of overpopulate neighborhoods. So as much as there was an attempt made, I think, on the housing, I think the 75 ADUs and JDUs are great. It's a very creative way to maybe provide shelter or housing for kids coming home from college, or maybe you want to move your mom in or, or you know, in-laws or things like that. It does nothing to address spreading out uh, the income disparity amongst housing in Vacaville. This is 1,250 units. This is probably one of the largest projects we're going to have in, that's buildable in Vacaville outside of Lagoon Valley, I'd like to see staff go back to the drawing board with the developer and see something really measurable and impactful in the extremely low, very low and low income categories. I don't think we touch that at all. And that worries me because again, that's gonna mean we're gonna get more, more of these projects in Mike's district, in my district. Um, why can't they be here is my question. And so I'm not satisfied with the, the housing piece. Again, we need to meet our, our arena and you guys are gonna be challenged to do that. I don't know why none of that is being addressed in this particular project that's so large. So those are those are my comments and um, a good, good starting point, I think, but I'm certainly would like to see some changes before it's approved. Councilmember Silva. Um, can you guys clarify on uh, particularly the last points on, so the, the concept of inclusionary zoning, can you please clarify the deed restriction units and 75 and what does that mean as far as relation to the history of what we've done here in Vacaville? Uh, thank you, Councilmember uh, Silva and Sullivan. Uh, the city does not have an inclusionary housing ordinance. It is something that was addressed, identified in housing strategy and will be coming to the council in the new year for further consideration. But at this time, it is not a development requirement in the city. So um, the developer and staff heard the council loud and clear that there was an interest in having some inclusionary units in North Village. What is proposed is that 75 of the homes that would have a junior accessory dwelling unit, which is where you basically have a master bedroom suite that has an efficiency kitchen or a full accessory dwelling unit, which is a small unit that has a full kitchen, private bathroom, et cetera, that 75 of those would be deed restricted to be affordable to low and moderate income individuals. So that's what the developers are proposing. Um, I did get a question earlier, how would it work if you were the person that bought the house and you didn't want to rent out your ADU to someone who's low or moderate income? You could actually rent it out for free to family. Uh, you could charge you know, a family member nothing or a buck a year or whatever, but the idea would be these units would be required if rented out you know, outside of family or whatever that the maximum rent would be commensurate with low and moderate income units. It's a pretty novel approach. Um, we have not had developers offering deed restricted accessory dwelling units or junior accessory dwelling units. Uh, is it enough? That's up to the council to decide, but it is something that developers offering despite the fact that we don't have an inclusionary housing ordinance. Um, all right, uh, okay, I'm gonna process that. The other question I have is uh, with respect to the turnkey park, uh, is that, uh, please clarify if that park will have a theme uh, with some type of identifiable centerpiece. 
Uh, that is what's so proposed that. under the revised um, conditions of approval that, as, in response to the developer. Uh, the turnkey park, the developer has to build it, has to dedicate it to the city, and they had already previously offered an additional million dollars toward making sure that there's sufficient funds to build the park. They've now offered, in response to council concerns about theme, another $400,000 that would be utilized to further improve the park design, add either a piece of art or more of a theme, subject to the approval of the council. It would come back through Parks and Rec Commission, come to council for final approval. The staff believes with the extra money, that's gonna provide something to allow this park to have either a special feature or a theme. But it'll ultimately go to the council to decide if it's satisfactory. Thank you. Um, so just going back to the ADU, uh, I guess my question is, so can you please clarify the, the concept behind ADUs? Uh, I know you already mentioned it, uh, but uh, I guess this may be conversation with Councilmember Sullivan, but uh, I think the concept behind ADUs, although there's nothing to require people to rent it out, that in itself uh, helps ensure that there is affordable units um, for individuals. And so I, yeah, I don't, I think that's okay. I'm done. Councilmember Roberts. At uh, similar questions, I'll just go to the ADUs. Uh, for me, yeah, well, I appreciate the 75 ADUs. Uh, interesting way to go about it, but so that's for sale. Like most people that I know that have ADUs either uses guest housing for people are staying with them or family members staying for free or kids that recently graduated high school where it's kind of a transition to living on their own. So it's not actually guaranteeing any low-income housing is just potentially if they do decide to rent it for profit. Um, well, well, like I said, it is nice. I'd much rather see like a dedicated, like even smaller number, like say in the apartment complex or something yeah. that's going up. So we know there's a definite number of low-income housing that's gonna be available to residents of Vacaville. Um, yeah, because yeah, 75 instead of private residence, hard. I also have an issue with that where it's like a private residence for dictating what they can rent their, their home for without putting it up for like Section 8 housing or something like that. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see a concrete number because we could have the possibility of zero of those 75 units actually being rented out to low-income persons. Yeah. Other than that, uh, the other council members already touched on uh, the other items I wanted to speak. Thank council, you. Council Member Wiley. Uh, thanks for the information. I also had the same concerns and questions about ADUs. Like, if I bought the house, do you have the option to put one in or not put one in? And it seems like that would be the choice because they don't put the, you know, you would say, do you, because when you buy a new house, there's always, do you want this, that, that, or the other? So it depends on whether 75 people or more would choose to have that. And I, it seems likely that they would not have a low-income person waiting in line to rent it more like family. So that seems like it needs to be fleshed out a little bit to see if it would really work. Um, but at least I do appreciate the effort to answer the, the concerns that we brought up. My other main question, which I don't think we've really answered yet, is Ms. Brecken's concerns about the age of the EIR. Because when you look at this plan, it's like it's been on the books since 1995, and here it is 2022, almost 23, that we're still deciding whether it can be built. It's really an incredible long time, a long time. So is that EIR still valid considering the vast amount of change to that area in those 20 years? Uh, thank you for that question. Um, 
The EIR is an old EIR. Um, Ms. Brecken suggested that we may, the city may need to prepare a supplemental EIR, a mitigated negative declaration, or some other additional assessment. The fact is we did prepare an addendum which looked in detail at the adequacy of the EIR, what circumstances have changed in the community over time, and whether the changes to the project, which are fairly minor in terms of ultimate number of units, general land configuration, et cetera, and that addendum concluded that the EIR is still valid. So we didn't skip that analytical step, we just used a specific instrument that was not referenced by Ms. Brecken in order to do the analysis. Thanks. Councilmember Ritchie. Oh, I need that definitely with my voice. Uh, thank you so much. I'll try to address some of uh, Sullivan's uh, questions. You know, um, I will be here, I'm not going anywhere, so I'll make sure I try to stay a voice in the council to address housing and housing for all. Make sure we find an equitable way to go forward to kind of create this. Um, the ADU situation is pretty interesting. You, know, you, you can't, with the deed restrictions, you can't force someone in private property to rent a house out to someone that is low income. But like I said before, we need to really educate the community on what is low income, moderate income, extremely low income. I mean, there's amazing people in this community that qualify under low income. They're your teacher. There are a lot of the nurses, x-ray techs, healthcare professionals. People that are in the classrooms educating our children are technically low income. So we have the opportunity and the availability to have this new home development. It may say 75 have to house ADU, but you might find an opportunity, maybe 200, 300 houses. So you know what? I want to elect to get a junior unit or an ADU to aid and assist maybe an educator, healthcare professional, or someone in the community that's gainfully employed, that's watching my children, helping my children, educating my children. I go to the hospital. Maybe they're not a doctor, but they're still in a hospital serving us. Technically, it's really expensive now. They will qualify under the guidelines as low to moderate income, going to work every day. So I think that whole kind of like facade of what is low income is really, we need to put a picture to that. Like, who are these people? really illustrate, guys, you'd be amazed who qualifies as low income and what they do and how hardworking they are. It's this facade of like, oh, low income equals those people. Like that connotation of those people would be very dangerous. It's very important that we really start to put a picture to financially what low income is and who represents that amount in our community. I think that really kind of humanize the experience. Um, the second part, when my voice goes out, the second part was the, the pool. Um, I think the language was they will do a set aside. So I know the developers here. They'll do a set aside of the opportunity for land to build a pool. I think we really need to make sure we highlight to the community. What are the costs going to be? If, hey, we'll do a set aside for five acres um, next to the business portion for a pool. But based on what I heard, um, they'll be responsible for development and financing and forming the home association. The cost to build a pool, finance it, and then maintain home association with commercial insurance is mind boggling. So I'll make sure everyone is already existingly owning a home in that community, and everyone's a five by home understands what they're gonna sign on to. But that's a horrendous cost to undertake. If the developer's not gonna pay for it, you're asking every homeowner is gonna get a nice, very healthy line item for property taxes. And that's gonna make them very painful. But they need to understand what they're signing up for, what they're being obligated to. So I think with this 
discovery in the community, we need to make sure every single resident of Sino that's already there understands your tax rule might increase by $400 a month, $300 a month to finance the construction of a full security home association insurance. Like that's a big cost to ask for anybody right now. So, I mean, I don't really care if it was there or not. I just want everybody to be aware of what the cost will be. Councilmember Sullivan. Thank you, Mayor. Um, it's it's my last night to speak, so I might as well keep speaking, right? Yeah, um, so I, it, just the long and short of it, right? So looking at the math here, so by 2031, we have to build a thousand, almost a thousand units of extremely low, very low, and low income housing. We got to do it. It's part of the arena. We have to do it. It's the right thing to do for the people of Backville as well. We know where the developable land is. We probably have an estimate of how many units we're going to build. And so what I'm asking for is some prorated share of that thousand units be built in this 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 area. I don't care if it's apartments, I don't care if it's houses, I don't care what it is. It needs to be satisfying those extremely low, very low and low income units there. It's a, it's a golden opportunity. It, it helps integrate the community in terms of a variety of things. No matter how we slice it, we have to put these thousand units in by 2031. And if we don't do it here, it's gonna go somewhere else. And you know, I, I guess my question to the rest of council is why not here? And it sounds like we're mostly on the same page, but that's really the long and short of it. You got till 2031 to build a thousand of these units. Where are they gonna go? If you take this 1,250 units out of play, um, that dramatically lowers your inventory or available land to do it. So I just would like to see staff come back with some sort of prorated share or some sort of proposal. Maybe it could be a separate project. Maybe Eden Housing can do a separate project or maybe the developer can work with an outside nonprofit developer. But again, it's just if we don't do it now and we approve this project as is tonight, then you dramatically limit your available of inventory of land and, and that just doesn't seem smart. So that's, that's my, my point. Okay, I'll entertain motion. Sure. Councilmember Ritchie. So clarification of uh, what Councilman Sullivan just uh, mentioned. I think the arena numbers, that's not for back, but that's for the county, correct? That's the back numbers only? Councilmember Sullivan. I'll make a motion. Um, I motion to direct staff to go back to work with the developer on a proposal for a prorated share of extremely low, very low and low income units to bring back to council, to revise the notices per suggestions from council and to tighten up the language on the swim club and have a slide or two that discusses that in, in detail for council and the public. Um, and discusses uh, or, or brings back a slide or two that discusses the timing of the apartment complex and how we're going to combat the issues that we're facing in Southtown. And once those four issues are satisfied, the council can decide what they want to do. If that's kind of a funky motion, but that's, that's a motion. Clear for the South. That's a oh, Mike, that's what you're asking. Same South. What was that, Mike? Oh. Clarification of your motion. Clarification on the apartment noticing piece. So if the apartment's not built first, how are we gonna combat the issue that we're facing in Southtown now? I don't think we have enough information tonight to really make that decision. And if we move forward as such, I think we're just gonna get yelled at again and have a bunch of um, upset residents who were frustrated. So I'd like staff to do some research on options, uh, including building the apartments first up until whatever other ideas they have to mitigate the situation we're in now with Southtown. I'll second. I have a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? Nay. Are you a nay? So it's 4-2. Uh, so 
The motion passes. We'll bring it back. Okay. Item 9A, Mr. City Manager. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, members of the City Council. This is a resolution certifying the election results of November 8th this year. Michelle Thornbrew, our city clerk, is going to give you a quick overview. Good evening, Mayor, Vice Mayor, and Council. Um, as you know, in accordance with the Vacaville Municipal Code, every two years, the City Council um, elects its um, governing, governing officers, and this election occurred on November 8th. And uh, the final set, step in the election process is to accept the canvassed and certified results of the election, declaring Greg Ritchie as council member for District 2, Sarah Chapman as a council member for District 4, Jeanette Wiley as council member for District 6, and John Carley for mayor. And with that, I'm um, gonna ask you to take your final action as this council collectively and adopt a resolution uh, declaring the results of the November 8th election. Okay, I'm gonna open up public comment. Seeing none, I'm gonna close public comment, bring it back to council. Uh, I'll, I'll move approval. I'll second. All right. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? It's unanimous. And we will move to uh, recognition of the mayor and city council member Nolan Sullivan. So thank you, Mr. Mayor. This, um, at your request, we try to keep this simple. Thank you. Although you do have a lot of fans in the audience um, that uh, would like to thank you and Councilmember Sullivan for your dedication, for your commitment to this community and this organization. Um, I know that in the past four years that you've been here together, we have experienced a lot um, and been through a lot. And I would say some of the biggest events in the city's history. And I personally wanna thank you all for your commitment to um, making good decisions, making hard decisions for the benefit of our residents and our business owners. Uh, we saw some tough stuff the past four years. And I um, personally wanna thank you all for all that you've done and um, the, the tough decisions that you've had to make and the plan that you've helped put us on going forward. And so um, we typically have something from the city to commemorate your uh, service for the city. And for Councilmember Sullivan, you've served since uh, 2018 to now. Um, so we have our, our cheese plaque for you that we will present to you and say uh, thank you. Um, you have to work hard to get those. So just, you know, just, you know display it proudly. But again, thank you for your four years. Um, we have done a lot during that time. We wish you the best in your new uh, position with uh, Yola County. And thank you for your service. Absolutely. If you wanted to say a few words. Oh man, all right. Um, Please define few. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my mic on? Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead, sir. All right, you guys are in for a treat. Um, so I, I, I have more than a few words, which is probably no surprise to anybody. Um, so I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go through this and, and do my best to, to uh, stay on track. Um, so as I leave office today, it's not lost on me that this council looks incredibly different uh, on my exit than it did when I, on my entry. When I came into office four years ago, the council at that time was entirely conservative. Many lived in the same affluent neighborhoods, were above the age of 50, and were white. 
As I leave today, we have the most balanced and diverse city council in Vacaville history. We have the first black man on city council. We have the second black woman on city council. We have the first Asian council member. We have the second Hispanic descent council member. We have a council that varies in ages, genders, political ideologies, religious affiliations, ethnicities, and reside in the many diverse and different neighborhoods of Vacaville. Vacaville is no longer the small town it once was. We look more like a Bay Area enclave with a diverse constituent base in both demographics and political leanings than we do small town America. We're a purple town. We're not conservative, we're not liberal, we're somewhere in the middle. This new council represents that Vacaville. It's balanced with different viewpoints, backgrounds, demographics, work history, and residential life experiences. The idea of a representative democracy, a government that looks, loves, works, prays, and acts like the people it represents is alive and well in Vacaville. There is room for steadfast support for public safety, and there's also space for accountability and the recognition that some in our community want us to do better. There is room to focus on enhancing police and fire services while simultaneously working on housing options for all, providing parks and recreation amenities that all our citizens need, to support social services, providing quality public work services, supporting small and large businesses, and promoting clean water and clean energy. There is room for all of the various religious and non-religious groups or members of our community to feel welcomed and to feel accepted. There is room for the most conservative beliefs, the most liberal beliefs, and everything in between to coexist. There is room for all of us, and we must learn to coexist, celebrate our differences, and share this beautiful space we all call home. We're stronger together. There's more. All right. Over the last four years, the current council has invested significantly in all employees, parks, housing, good jobs, businesses, homelessness, the arts, and local nonprofits, all while balancing the budget and paying down a mountain of debt. We've invested millions in new and exciting parks like the Play for All Park, the Trower Park, Sierra Vista Park, Pheasant Run Park, and the Mariposa Center. We've got housing developments like the Pony Express Senior Apartments, the Oak Grove Senior Apartments, and the Allison Workforce Housing. We've held developers accountable, which you saw tonight, the promises made in projects like Green Tree, Southtown, and North Village. We've demanded the parks, schools, and amenities that these developers promised, putting our people over profit. We put millions into a renewed downtown, a biotech strategy bringing hundreds of good jobs. Thank you, Don. Partnerships with the local school districts and community colleges to train our children. And we've added a team of economic development staff to bring careers to Vacaville and support local businesses. We put millions of dollars into small business grants and regional resources to work with our city's major employers. We are involved in the community. We show up to ribbon cuttings. We work with local employers. And this council has created programs and partnerships that indisputably benefit real businesses and local jobs. This is the first council, and I wish the people from earlier uh, that were spoke earlier were still here, that has invested millions into expanding homeless shelter beds, programs through our police department, mental health crisis response, amazing community programs through the FIRST and PAL programs. And we have engaged a first of its kind partnership with Solano County and all of the other cities in Solano to address homeless services regionally. This council has invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into the arts programs, arts-based nonprofits. We've revived the arts advisory committee. We've begun murals, public arts projects, and many council members have partnered with local cultural groups to bring events that celebrate our different heritages and backgrounds. 
We work hard to create a place where all of our diverse cultures and heritages are celebrated. Getting towards the tail end, I promise. Um, most importantly, this council has done a spectacular job balancing the budget. For the first time in a decade, we have a multi-million dollar surplus in our general fund. After past years of spending on our emergency funds, this council has prudently managed to add to our reserves. We funded essential services. We've offered fair wages for all employees. And again, we've paid down a mountain of debt. This incoming council has a tremendous opportunity to reach across the aisle, to listen to all of their constituents, to truly represent the majority of Vacaville residents and show real community leadership, to stand on the progress of past councils and build the future Vacaville that all of our residents need and deserve. All right, I'm at the home stretch here, sorry guys. These are my thank yous. I'd like to thank all of my peers tonight. Uh, being an elected official is certainly the hardest job that I've ever had, and I tip my hat to anyone that runs for office. Uh, to Roy, uh, there's a lot of issues we don't agree on, but I see your passion, and I really enjoyed getting to know you and working on the homeless issue. Thank you for spending your time with me, and I, I really enjoyed the work that we've been doing. Greg, you got the, the biggest heart and the most enthusiastic approach to council that I think I've ever seen. Uh, I really just appreciate your energy and positive spirit and what you bring to the team. Uh, and, and all of that energy you bring to council and the, and the city. To Mike, Mike, your passion for your district, particularly the youth and empowering the folks to help themselves uh, is truly inspiring. You're truly a servant leader and I don't think I've ever met a local elected uh, more committed to his constituents. To Jason, your addition to this council has been of tremendous value. And at the time of threat of wildfire and natural disaster as a regular occurrence, your subject matter expertise is so vital. I knew when I saw you on Facebook out cutting fire lines and digging trenches during the LNU fire, you were the right guys for the job. Thank you for your leadership. To Jeanette, Jeanette, you were truly the hardest working local elected I've ever met. You show up, you study the issues, you read your agenda packet, you show up to every single event, uh, you truly represent District 6, and you put a tremendous amount of work in. It's been a pleasure working with you. To Ron, oh Ron, we've had an interesting couple of years. I've served the longest with you and to say that we didn't see eye to eye is a bit of an understatement. Our opposing viewpoints could sometimes be challenging, but in my opinion, often led to compromise and better outcomes for the people of Vacaville. I will miss our banter back and forth. I'll, I'll give you a call and we'll, we'll argue on stuff or we'll shoot, shoot the breeze. But I do wanna point out that the last four years was probably one of the hardest terms for any local elected official to serve. We had a pandemic, we had fires, we had civil unrest, we had recession, and I know it was hard for me, I'm sure it was harder for the mayor. So thank you for your service and thank you for serving in such a trying time. Lastly, to Sarah Chapman. My shoes aren't that big, but they're very talkative. Um, no doubt the council meetings will be much quieter and most definitely much shorter, um, but I know that you'll be a welcome addition to the dais. I'd like to think I did my best to set you up to really put District 4 in a position to thrive. I'm excited for your gentle and compassionate leadership and I'm confident our hearts come from the same place. I know you'll do a spectacular job representing District 4 and the rest of the city. Regrets, I got a couple. Um, one of my few, my few regrets and probably most significant regrets leaving council is that I didn't acknowledge staff enough. I didn't say thank you enough and at times I could be grumpy, I could be pointed. Um, Aaron might even say difficult. Uh, thank you for putting up with me. I, I know it's a lot at times. Uh, the job all our staff do is a tremendous one. The last four years were not just challenging for council, they were extremely challenging for staff. 
in the face of fires, pandemic, and civil unrest, our staff suited up and went back to work every single day. Thank you to all of the staff for choosing a life of public service and doing such a phenomenal job. I couldn't be happier with our city manager, Aaron, and all of our department heads. I've got Ian, Chris, Reggie, Don, Aaron, Brian, Ken, Georgian, Michelle, Emily, Leslie, Melinda, Tim, and Jessica. Thank you to all of you. I know I've been a pain in the butt and I, I really appreciate um, all of the work that you do and the leadership you bring to the team. Thank you to all the managers, supervisors, and all of the men and women doing this work every single day. And a very particularly warm thank you to Rika, who I don't see tonight, um, as well as Sheila, who I, Sheila as well. Um, hurting this, this group of cats known as city council is, is an impossible job and you guys do a really good job keeping us supported. So a, a big thank you for that. Almost done guys, I promise. Um, I'd like to thank all of my supporters, friends, city commissioners, clubs, community members, labor groups, businesses and voters over the last four years. Your support, guidance, and sometimes brutally honest criticism kept me on track and helped me make the best decision I could for all of Vacaville. I'm honored to represent you and I'm deeply grateful for your trust and confidence. Lastly, and most importantly, I'd like to thank my family, my mom. I don't know. Water works here. Uh, my mom, who's my biggest fan and hardest working campaign volunteer in Vacaville. You know, I just gotta look at you guys, that'll, that'll, that helps. My grandmother, who was here with us tonight, um, that inspired me with her nurturing heart and love throughout the years. My two sons, Bryden and Gus. You guys haven't had the father you deserve for the last four years. Um, I miss so many soccer practices, family dinners, and a special time with each of you. Um, for that, I'm sorry, and I, I hope we can make it up. Most importantly, a uh, big thank you to my first lady, uh, Jafia Sullivan over there. Uh, you've had to pick up the slack at home, and at times, I'm sure it felt like you were a single mom or single parent. You were my biggest supporter. Um, you were my post-council therapist who was always waiting with a warm ear and a cold beer. Um, and you were the soother of my bruised ego and all around super mom. Thank you so much for allowing me to follow this path, chase my dreams, and keeping our family whole over the last four years. Uh, in true council member Sullivan fashion, I went way over time and rambled on and on. Uh, thank you and good night, Vacaville. you like that <laughs> I would. I know you would so I'll be brief sir one last time for you so uh, thank you councilmember Sullivan it's thank been you. a pleasure uh, mayor roulette when you first started on the council in 2008 you were the new guy the young guy the fresh guy and well now you have 14 years under your belt um, and during those 14 years you have dedicated yourself um, to this great life of public service and we are very grateful for that um, I know in the time that I've been in here working with you, you have been dedicated to the cause and championing Vacaville throughout the, the state and uh, a very big voice and champion for everything that we're doing here. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful for the opportunity you've given me um, to, to lead the organization. And I appreciate your, your leadership and everything that you've done. Um, we will miss you. We appreciate all that you've done here. And as I said earlier, the past four years, we got gypped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the past two years, excuse me. Um, 
they felt like dog years, but boy, did they go fast. And uh, a lot had to happen. And thank you for being there for us and your supportive staff. We always knew that we could look to you and um, we'd have your support. So thank you. And we give you this plaque as well. Great. And uh, thank you for all your service, sir. Thank you. words and I will start the three-minute timer um, I all I really want to do is is thank everyone uh, it's been an incredible journey um, there was lots of folks there was lines of folks that wanted to come down here and speak and give plaques out and I said no and I said no because it's not about me it's about this community it's always been about the community but tonight all I really want to do is just thank everyone for shaping me and helping me through these last 14 years. I wanna thank this council. It's been an amazing council. Thank you all. Uh, our staff, incredible staff, uh, couldn't do it without you. Uh, our city manager, uh, it's been an incredible ride and uh, I wouldn't do it uh, again, but I loved it. <laughs> and um, uh, the community has been very supportive. Um, it's, it's been incredible, and um, I, I just want to thank everyone. Uh, I want to particularly thank um, our public safety. They've been incredible. Uh, I love each and every one of you, um, our, all of our staff, but um, all of the unions have been incredible. Uh, they got us through those recessions. They got us through the pandemic. They were uh, very forgiving when it came to helping us with our budget. And um, the last thing I want to say is I, I want to thank uh, my family. Uh, just like Councilmember Sullivan said, 14 years of thousands of meetings I've been away, um, not just here, but uh, you know, I sat on so many boards and it would be all night to go through them, but uh, it's many, many meetings. Uh, I do want to welcome the uh, new council. Um, please take care of my city, Mayor. Mayor Soon, um, no, anything you need, I'm gonna be there for you, you just give me a call. Uh, but thank you all, I truly love this community and I truly love everyone that's helped me get to where I am today. And uh, that's all I have to say, so thank you. Thank you very much. We're not gonna hug each other again. <laughs> Now the important part, I believe we're gonna bring some folks up. At this time, we're gonna recognize the new council members and so our city clerk, Michelle Thornbrew, will uh, take the lead on that. So we will collectively um, swear in the council members first and then we'll move on to the mayor's swearing in after that. So Jeanette and Greg.
solemnly swear. Solemnly swear. Support and defend and defend the Constitution of the United States, Constitution of the United States, and the that I take this off without any mental reservation. No. <laughs> I'm nervous tonight. I'm not used to this many people being here. It's like my first time, huh, Mayor Augustine? <laughs> okay. You solemnly swear. Solemnly swear. Support and defend. What? States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And I will bear true faith and allegiance. I will bear true faith and allegiance to the Constitution of the United States, to the Constitution of the United States, and the Constitution of the State of California, and the Constitution of the That I take this obligation, I take this obligation without any mental reservation, without any mental reservation, or purpose of evasion, or purpose of evasion. And I will well and faithfully, I will well and faithfully discharge charge the duties upon which I'm about upon which I'm about to Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, I state your name. John Carley. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. To support and defend. To support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. Why is this doing this to me every time here tonight? <laughs> All right. I'm going to do it. <laughs> against all enemies against all enemies foreign and domestic foreign and domestic and i will bear true faith and allegiance and i will bear true faith and allegiance to the constitution of the united states to the constitution of the united states and the constitution of the state of california and the constitution of the state of california that i take this obligation freely that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion or purpose of evasion and I will well and faithfully and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties discharge the duties upon which I'm about to enter upon which I'm about to enter
Thank you for those in the audience. Uh, we will now take a uh, brief 30 minute intermission. So, um, I'm sorry, who, I'm sorry. And I know, I know Mr. Sullivan stole my thunder, but good night, Vacaville. <laughs> You ready for roll call? Ready for roll call. All righty. Council Agency Authority Member Ritchie? Here. Silva? Here. Chapman? Here. Roberts? Here. Wiley? Here. Vice Mayor, Vice Chair Stockton? Here. Mayor Chair Carley? Here. Good evening, Vacaville. This is an exciting moment as we've installed our new council. It's, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to just say how much we appreciate all support of staff, but also the experience we've had along the way. Uh, I'm particularly grateful for this opportunity um, to work with all of you and with staff, and I certainly appreciate this time before us right now. So with that, Mr. City Manager, what do we have on the agenda? Excuse me, thank you, Mr. Mayor and uh, members of the City Council, welcome. Uh, we're gonna start your first uh, official meeting with an uh, uh, update of our strategic plan progress. And before I turn it over to our assistant city manager, George Ann, um, I just wanna share with the council that this is something that we uh, periodically do every quarter. And going forward, this will be a very important topic um, that we will be talking to the council in the first quarter of next year, to discuss the new priorities of the strategic plan. So tonight is really just an update, um, but then, We'll uh, be available to answer all your questions if you have any, um, but be prepared for um, in the first quarter of next year, we'll have a, a deeper dive on these subjects. So with that, I'll turn it over to Georgianne. Good evening, Mayor, Vice Mayor, members of the council. Tonight's strategic plan update covers the period of May through September, but I've included a few more recent updates as well. Brief background. The city's current strategic plan was developed in February 2020 and adopted in May of that same year. And the strategic initiatives were prioritized by council in February of 2021. And a fifth goal was added at that meeting as well. The strategic plan, which guides direction for the city, is designed with three tiers. There are five strategic plan goals, which provide the overarching framework for the five-year strategic plan. And then within each goal, there are several strategic initiatives and then Further down the line are the implementation strategies, and there's actually 57 of those. We're not gonna talk about all 57 tonight. Um, and those really serve as the action plan. So before we jump into the updates, I just wanted to remind everyone what the five strategic plan goals are and let everyone know that the plan document is on the city's website. And as I mentioned earlier, council prioritized the strategic initiatives um, that you see on the screen, that, which is why they look a little bit out of order. And because goal five and its initiatives were added in the, at the February meeting, they were not included in the prioritization, but they're still an active component of the plan. So jumping right in with initiative 2A, articulate a current economic development program. To implement a COVID-19 economic recovery strategy, City Council allocated $1 million in ARPA funding in September to provide a second round of COVID relief 
grants to small businesses in Vacaville, and applications are re being reviewed as we speak, and award announcements are expected in mid-January. For strategy number two, Economic Development continues their efforts to attract biotechnology companies to Vacaville, successfully working with Mettler Toledo Rainin to expand their site and with Transwestern on the purchase of 22 acres in the Vaca Valley Business Park. And as you probably know, the Planning Commission unanimously approved the plans for that campus last week. One of the ways the city is working to ensure fiscal sustainability is by providing additional discretionary payments, or ADP for short, toward the city's unfunded pension liability. The goal of the proposed ADP plan is to fully fund the pension liability five years ahead of schedule, which would result in a significant interest cost savings. And then to address the landscape and lighting structural deficiencies, council approved a consultant agreement to perform a feasibility study and some initial findings were reported at the October council meeting and a survey to determine public sentiment is the next step of that process. Initiative 3A is to promote housing for all. In June, council approved the comprehensive housing strategy and the associated strategic action items. And the housing strategy was also incorporated into the draft housing element. To preserve affordable housing, in June, council approved waiving a portion of loan repayment so those funds could be used on emergency repairs at the Willows and Orchard Maple Apartments. And in July, council took action to create new affordable housing opportunities through an agreement with the Solano Napa Habitat for Humanity to develop affordable housing on city-owned properties on Scoggins, Port, and East Monte Vista. And staff are also evaluating new inclusionary housing options, and we'll bring those back to council for consideration in the spring. Building a positive organizational culture and workforce is key to the city's recruitment and retention efforts. And one of the ways the city's cultivating a progressive work culture is through providing and getting more comfortable with flexible hybrid work options, which really didn't exist pre-COVID for the city. So it's, we've come a long way. To promote a highly engaged workforce, COV Life, which is an employee-led effort, they offered 10 different events for staff, including mental health workshops, an employee picnic, benefits fair, and flu shot clinics. We've also been working with an equity, diversity, and inclusion consultant to provide both citywide staff training and then department-specific training with our police and fire departments. Efforts related to managing impacts from growth include reinvesting in the downtown through the installation of directional and parking signage. Lighting improvements are also currently underway to retrofit existing streetlights and tree lighting to brighten up the downtown. And earlier tonight, as part of the consent calendar, council approved the downtown alley sewer replacement project. Additionally, several green efforts are underway, including organics recycling, fleet charging infrastructure plans, and a site host agreement to construct EV chargers on city owned properties. Managing a changing paradigm for police, the independent audit report for the Vacaville Police Department was presented to council last month and the police department is actively working on an implementation plan to address recommendations from that report. Additionally, two public forums focusing on community policing were held in June and September with significant community engagement. And we heard loud and clear that the community appreciated those opportunities and the chief and the department have plans for some smaller district focused engagement opportunities in the future. A few updates on managing the increasing call volume for fire and EMS. The social host ordinance and campaign was adopted prior to July 4th this year to reduce the use of legal fireworks in Vacaville and seemed to have some success. 
and the purchase of a type one and type five fire engine were approved by council in September for station 76, the new Lagoon Valley station. The fire department is planning to start recruitment in the first quarter of 2023. So personnel will be ready to staff the new station by October of 2023. The fire department has also led to emergency operations drills over the past few months and an updated emergency plans. An updated emergency operations plan is being reviewed by an outside consultant and it's anticipated to come back to council in early 2023. Efforts to rebuild city support services include a request for proposals that was published in September to explore smart city technology. Staff expect to have a consultant under contract in early 2023. And then to build upon best practices for successful employee retention and recruitment efforts, HR has streamlined the application and testing process and added a new um, video interview system where appropriate. And we've also increased the use of advertising for job openings to ensure we're reaching as many potential applicants as we can. Finally, goal five and efforts related to promoting community engagement and increased equity inclusion include website updates to provide a more mobile friendly experience as we know many of our community members access the website that way. And we've also incorporated Bablick, which is a widget or app to the website that allows website users to choose the language that's most appropriate to them. We also have a comprehensive communications plan in the works, along with the recruitment for a new part-time bilingual program coordinator to assist with community engagement, which is expected to open in late January. And those are the updates we have for you this evening. I am happy to take any questions or comments. Thank you for the presentation. Questions? Open up to the public. Hi, my name is Alicia Minion. Uh, I was wondering, uh, will there be, a, um, I guess this question is for you and staff. Are you, is the city hiring a third party consultant again to make any revisions to the strategic plan? And, and then secondly, so during the campaign season, there was campaign materials I saw connected with certain candidates where the messaging, at least that was sent to my district, I live in district six, was that council doesn't care about the safety of our city um, uh, and talked about an ambulance being browned out and, and people retiring, leaving, et cetera. And so the strategic plan safety was the number one goal. And so it seems like there must be some kind of disconnect between the unions that were disseminating this information and, and other stakeholders. So how, I just don't, I'm trying to just kind of reconcile why this message was so prevalent during the campaign season. What can council and city staff do to make sure that the stakeholders are aware that the goals and the priorities um, are really in practice and in action? Does that make sense? And so hopefully you can maybe, I'm not expecting an answer today, but maybe just kind of think about it, maybe bring this back at a future meeting. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Seeing none, I'll bring it back to the council. Mr. Mayor, if, yes. if I could, I can provide a, a brief response that to that. Georgianne, can I trouble you to pull up the slide with the different strategic initiatives? So with regards to the question about bringing in uh, a consultant to help with the strategic plans. So that was, we utilized the services of an outside consultant to prepare the city's first strategic plan back in 2020. Um, 
at that time we uh, knew it was going to be a five-year plan what we did in that first election since the adoption of the strategic plan is something that i'm proposing to do again with this current election is is that in as i mentioned at the beginning of this presentation is is that in the first quarter of next year sometime a date to be determined We'll sit down with this council in a special study session and go over all the goals and initiatives and make sure that there's buy-in to those. Um, but the other part, once we confirm that, is, is that that's where, and, and honestly, that's where goal number five came up was through that process because the, that was important to the new council in light of everything that transpired after the original strategic plan had been drafted. So it's my intent to bring it back to this new council, give them an opportunity to reconfirm everything that's in that document. And then of course have the, the next bigger discussion, which is what are the priorities? So as Georgian highlighted for you tonight, we've been working on these particular initiatives and some of the strategic implementation strategies to um, complete that work. We've been completing an awful lot of work this year. And so at the beginning of next year, our intent is to bring it to council and have them discuss just exactly what is important of these remaining strategies, because there's a bunch. And so the staff, you know, manageable workload and all, uh, we're ready to take on some new priorities. And that's why we're gonna come to the council and get their new list for us. And we're going to do that at the beginning of the year because uh, we wanna make sure that we highlight those just in time for budget preparation, because if it's a priority and it's not in your budget, then it's not a really a priority. So, you know, watch for that to happen. We'll make sure that that's uh, out there for everybody to see when we get to that effort. Thank you, Mr. City Manager. Um, Councilmember Stockton. Um, yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I just wanted to to focus on this slide because it can be a little deceiving for the public when they're looking at 2A, 4A, 3A. This is actually, those were just how they were presented, correct? And this, but this is in order from prior council priority, most priority to least priority as it's listed here, even though, for instance, number 4A is the second thing, and number 1A, um, managing police, is the sixth item. Is that correct? That's correct. And I apologize, the bottom, the last one, number five, is a misprint. And, th and that's fine. I, I just think it can be um, maybe moving forward when we go through this process with this council. Once we prioritize the things, maybe we could renumber them so that it's clear to the public where the priorities are so that it's not um it's not showing that managing the changing police paradigm um is one the number one thing when it's in this ranking the sixth so just so that that way it's clear sure if i can also just point out um also as part of the staff report the entire strategic plan update document was included and that one the priorities are listed on the side which is a little helpful but yes okay. thank you council member Dillard. All right, thank you. Um, I think one thing that may be helpful and it's something we talked about uh, for my two years on here is uh, how and what we communicate. So I, I know that we're gonna get some type of update on our um, communication uh, plan as we move forward with the city. Uh, but for the council, I think that's something that, uh, I think that's something that's really imperative that whatever information we're putting out there, that it's something that is unbiased as possible. Here's what, here's what it is, here's what it isn't. Um, and, you know, and it'd be more than just Facebook, uh, that we continue to find innovative ways to reach out uh, and connect with our public. Um, so that way that factual information is there. Uh, <clears throat> I do recognize that it's very difficult 
uh, for people to stay on top of all, all the things that are going on. So having some type of uh, resource where folks can go to and get that information or where I can direct people to, to, uh, to get the answers that they seek or follow up, I, I think that's, that's really key. So, um, and I think a lot of the, you know, whatever people want to say or, or uh, refer or infer uh, uh, respectively, then they would be able, you know, they have they have the information there to, to go back best of, off of the facts. Um, I did have another question. Uh, was that Chief Smutchler uh, on a mix table? It looked like it looked like it was rapping. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a DJ. Crowd, it's a DJ. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you, uh, Councilmember Wiles. Uh, thank you very much for this report. And I will say that when we did this in 2020 was the first time there were, what, four new people to the council and it was Zoom and we had a process that was, you know, rank these numbers and put them and we were all in our own, uh, you know, houses. And so there wasn't an opportunity to really have a discussion about why did you rank this like this? Have you thought about this? And so I really look forward to working with this council in a setting that we can all be at a table and talk about things, because I don't know that you can really say, oh, well, this ranked sixth or this ranked first, because all of those are so important to the city. They're more in a line this way than a line this way. And it's just at which time, which one gets funding, but you have to have all of them to have a cohesive city that's efficient for everyone. It's not like, oh, this is at the bottom, because that's how we did. But it was a difficult situation in my bedroom to try to mark these real quickly. So I'm glad we ha have it. And I think the strategic plan is great um, and it will be good to work together. I would like to see something on it about uh, having involvement from the community and bring back the possibility of having the hybrid meetings because people have talked to me about they wanted to participate but currently right now you have to be in the chambers and it was nice tonight to have you know standing room only and a lot of people here but that's something that i want to bring back when we have this discussion how we can get more involvement from the community thank you all right uh, councilmember roberts yeah thank you uh, yeah councilmember wiley brought up a lot of good points and also when we did this in 2020 is very very different because uh, we're right in the middle of pandemic. So yeah, that's why you see economic development stability on there because yeah, without money, we can't pay for any of that other stuff that we want, like public safety or technology. Uh, it's very difficult to do that without funding. Um, yeah, so and like she mentioned, it's, um, yeah, it'll be nice to go and have an actual discussion because on Zoom, you know, going really have one person talking at a time, otherwise it gets very jumbled. And then, yeah. And then also the public engagement would would be good. The city is getting much, much better about that now, especially since yeah, the last two years, a lot more engagement on social media, out in the public. Uh, the, the numbers have been pretty good from what I've been following on there. So yeah, looking forward to having this discussion, reprioritizing. Thank you. I wanna thank staff for the tireless work that it takes to actually put action items behind a strategic plan and to see all the accomplishments in the last several years, given the, the complications of life. So just thank you all. And I, I know it's been a difficult part for the council. Um, I recognize having been staff for so many years that they're, they're sometimes prioritized and 
And you're right, sometimes what you have to do is recognize that they can happen, not always linearly, but in parallel. There's things happening, it's a large city, very complex. This priority is, while it's important, it has its own uniqueness. And so I believe that the council's interest in at least having that strategy has been great. Look forward to the opportunity in the months that come in the new year to look at those, reestablish what those priorities are if they shift at all. I suspect there's new ones that will come on and uh, look forward to work with the staff on where that's gonna take it, so thank you. And this doesn't require any action. We just received this, correct? So, all right. So next up is reports of the city manager. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, so some uh, city business real quick. Uh, in accordance with our commission appointment policy, we will soon be opening the application period for both our planning commission and parks and recreation commission. Information will be available on the city's website and will be advertised through the city's social media outlets as well. Um, just for your information, council members in districts one, three, and five will make a two-year appointment to each commission. So that's keeping with the policy that we established just a, uh, last year. So uh, that's the first order of business. Secondly, I'd just like to, again, welcome uh, our new council members. Um, it has been an exciting year. Um, as you can see from the presentation on the strategic plan, a lot has been done, but a lot remains to be completed. We are very excited, and I will just um, say that um, as a representative of your staff, you have a very dedicated and committed staff to the strategic plan, to the council, to this community. I'm very, very proud of this organization, and we're very anxious to get started with you at the beginning of next year to do some great stuff. So welcome aboard, and uh, happy holidays, everybody. Thank you. And at this time, we'll move on to reports of the city council. Councilmember Silva. <clears throat> All right, so uh, kind of been going ahead and have one, one meeting, but um, since I think uh, Day of the Dead or Day of the Muertos, but I really want to give a thanks uh, to city staff for organizing that. Uh, it was it was pretty, um, pretty special for those who were able to attend. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it was something that was well received and a lot of folks wanted to already had some uh, aspirations to even expand upon it uh, to make sure that we uh, find and honor different cultures in different ways to honor our, our loved ones and the life that they lived. Uh, one request would be to uh, be mindful uh, across the board. Uh, I think that it's something that's going to only continue to expand um, throughout not just this uh, this, the, the state, but throughout the country, um, to uh, perhaps, if, if possible, try to not schedule meetings on those particular uh, days, uh, or that particular day specifically. Um, number two, there was a, a procession uh, to, to honor La Virgen de Guadalupe on Sunday. Uh, so that was their, uh, something that's going on for a couple of decades now, but that was the first time since COVID. Uh, it was the first time I participated in that. Uh, it was it was a uh, it was pretty remarkable. Um, appreciate police; uh, they were good at playing leapfrog uh, to make sure uh, traffic was mitigated and, and the folks who were were walking, um, you know, had had uh, you know had good clear access. And uh, and the the folks who actually volunteered to organize that whole event uh, from their respective uh, faith denominations, I really want to extend my gratitude to them. Um, they do have an interest at beginning that wood next year. And so um, kind of curious to see how we can support that effort if, if need be. Uh, number three, I uh, want to really thank Don Burris. Is he, there he is. Um, he's been doing a tremendous amount of effort uh, navigating and coordinating efforts uh, to, to 
to support our uh, biomanufacturing, biotech, advanced manufacturing initiative. You know, uh, uh, there was a post made uh, from our on behalf of our city, and you know, reading the comments, I totally understand uh, the issues with over-impacted schools and whatnot. Um, those those are things that the well, the two of us that are left uh, that were on a, uh, a three by three with our backable unified um, school district, but. Um, I do want to reiterate that the, the importance that we all value in a, having a quality education, that that leads towards, that quality education should lead towards a quality piece of uh, quality employment options. And so this particular industry is, uh, does provide that, it has provided that. Um, so I was, I was also grateful to be able to recognize uh, a local fixture for a lot of folks who are very familiar with uh, Solano College, particularly their science program. Uh, so I really want to recognize Jim DeClo. Uh, we were able, the city council was able to recognize him uh, for his efforts and contributions these past 25 years to the to the industry. Um, I shared a story that I, I want to make sure that is shared publicly. You know, he got into uh, teaching because he wanted to cure poverty. He wanted to address poverty, and the best way that he felt that he can make the biggest impact on addressing poverty was through providing a good quality education that led towards earning a good income. And he's had thousands and thousands of, of students through uh, over 25 years as a professor at Solano Community College um, that have helped many students become the first time in their family, not just to go to college, but uh, to live a good quality life, to be able to be a homeowner, to be able uh, to provide for their family. And I am one of them. So I'm eternally grateful for, uh, for folks like him and educators like him. Uh, I'm grateful for all the folks that work behind the scenes to make sure that we have the infrastructure and buildings and opportunities that we do in uh, in Vacaville uh, in this entire region. Um, so thank you all. Uh, we started a community leadership club at Markham Elementary School. So this is something we're piloting there. Uh, so I wanna thank Sinora um, uh, Sanja Bocanegra. Uh, we're looking at doing the kids are looking at uh, supporting a project of this particular retaining wall that's constantly graffitied. Um, so uh, this is an opportunity for the kids to learn about how to make positive impact within their own neighborhood and with their own power. And so I really want to thank staff for, um, I just got uh, good news on kind of streamlining that particular process to where they um, they can uh, start working at chipping away at improving their community from, from within. So I'm really excited to see how that continues to evolve. And so thank you all for that. Uh, <clears throat> the, there are some um, uh, unfortunate, uh, unfortunate decisions based on uh, some of our youth uh, recently, particularly um, uh, on Markham. Uh, there's a lot of great uh, hardworking people in that particular neighborhood. Um, you know, there's, they got struggles like everybody else. I think we're all aware of the history, um, but I really want to thank uh, those that uh, continue to uh, continue to work hard, uh, continue with what they have to do to, to uh, take care of their families. Um, and I also just want to make sure that the police department know that I've heard uh, positive things, positive, positive uh, feedback from the community on how well they responded and how well our fire department uh, and medics help uh, deliver aid, um, but I really want to extend uh, my gratitude on behalf of our residents um, that uh, they, they truly do appreciate that. So thank you. Um, 
Sorry, guys. Um, look, I took the long spot now. Uh, <laughs> car show. Uh, there's two car shows. I told you it was like two months. Uh, there's two car shows coming up this Saturday. So not just a car show. Like that's that's one element of it. Um, but it's really remarkable to see people in our in our community step up. So one I've been a part of for three years now. Um, so this is a lowrider call car club uh, named uh, Traditionals or Tradicionals. Uh, so they're based out of. Um, actually based out of Lower Cowlin. Uh, so this is something that's completely 100% free for families, free food, free gifts, uh, free entertainment, um, just to make sure that uh, families have something uh, warm in their belly and um, and a little extra uh, holiday cheer. So that's gonna be this Saturday, three to seven at Vaca High. Uh, and there's another one uh, that'll actually be at the Wilsey Wood site um, earlier that day. Um, same, uh, very similar, same concept. So uh, one extend, uh, let, make sure people know about that. And uh, lastly, so uh, I, one of the committees I serve on is our advisory uh, council uh, for our uh, local prison system. So CSP Solano and CMF, uh, they're the former chairman who stepped down, um, his name is uh, Mark, Mark uh, Corsico. So he actually uh, unfortunately passed away recently. Um, last year he stepped down uh, and then uh, I didn't tell anybody, but I'm, I'm the chairman of, of that particular committee now. Um, and so uh, one of the things that he wanted to make sure or, or seek help for is just really sharing how much good work a lot of the, the, the correctional officers, the staff there were doing, as well as the inmates on how they were trying to uh, make the most out of the, the, what they had, the opportunities they had. And so um, I really want to extend my, uh, my condolences to, uh, to his family and, uh, and his colleagues. So thank you. Thank you, Councilmember uh, Roberts. <clears throat> yeah, Councilmember Silva touched on a few things, and also I'd like to point out I'm also one of Jim DeClos former students, so he has two students here on council right now. Um, yeah, all the stuff that happened over Markham uh, neighborhood the last few days, uh, yeah, Councilmember Silva already pointed out, but I did want to point out um, Locals Veterans Hall does a lot of good work during the holidays. Over Thanksgiving, um, they prepped and delivered almost 900 meals to the community uh, on Thanksgiving Day. And they're gonna be doing the same thing on Christmas Eve morning, prepping hundreds of meals and delivering them out to families in need within Vacaville and surrounding cities as well. Uh, so if you have time and want to volunteer, uh, they can always use extra help to either package or drive and deliver meals. And so I have, thank you. Vice Mayor Stockton. Um, we heard some comments today about um, our homeless or unhoused population, and I just wanted to ask the city manager if he might have any information on the available beds that that we I know we purchase and whether or not we do have a plan or beds, a situation available to help folks if they need help. Thank you, Mr. Vice Mayor. <laughs> so uh, currently we um, have beds, if you will, uh, reserved at three different locations. Um, we have a majority of those are still vacant um, for need. Um, we are exploring the opportunity that if we need additional ones that we can actually acquire those um, as well. So that's uh, moving forward. Um, I would suggest that if there's a need for uh, to refer anybody that you reach out to Captain Dave Kellis in our police department. Um, because there is a bedding process that uh, for some of those um, beds to be utilized that uh, they need to go through. Um, but yes, we do have a plan. Um, and right now it is, is implemented and, and moving forward. Okay, great. Thank you for that update. Um, I have a couple other things too, so I'll try to be quick. Um, 
Uh, I wanted to thank um, Georgianne and Rika for the district dollar program. They have worked you know, tremendously for um, our, for each of us up here to try to implement some of our ideas and, and add some benefits to um, fit the kind of really unique needs of each um, district. So, um, but that, that being said, I, I've reached kind of a hurdle in my district and I was hoping that the council might um, at least entertain me. Um, I, I, I'm one of the projects that I've been working on is trying to add cameras that the police department has access to if something happens. And I've um, reached kind of the end of the road on being able to add uh, two ALPR cameras that have ongoing and continuing cost, which makes, the, makes it not um, qualify for the district dollar program. And I'm wondering if um, the council will allow me, if I can make a motion that the council would approve those two cameras. I have five other cameras that I'm gonna pay for um, that, I, that qualify under the district dollar program, but there are two that will not be qualified um, and will need council approval. And I'm asking if council, um, if I can make a motion for um, us to approve the purchasing of those two cameras. If, if I could on that. Um, what I would suggest tonight is to make the motion that we bring that back for future council discussion. Fair, fair and, enough. And, that, that, and it, we get the second, we can bring that back for council second. discussion. So I have a motion and a, and a second. Mr. Mayor. second. <coughs> we have a second? Uh, yeah. we, we do. If you have a question, did you have a okay. question? No, oh, sorry. Oh, I thought you had a question. Oh, thank you. So we have a motion and a second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you for entertaining that because um, they've been working so hard and, and I, I um, am hopeful. Um, <clears throat> let's see, the other, uh, two, other uh, two other things that I wanted to talk about. One is uh, we just recently had Merriman on Main and I wanted to thank uh, Jennifer Hamilton, the Rico family. I wanted to help all of the board members, volunteers, our public safety professionals that came out, our staff members that helped put that event together because it's been two years since we've been able to gather in the holidays with our community. Um, it was a really special evening and I'm just so thankful that we have that tradition in Vacaville and that we were able to bring that back this year. And while we're talking about some of these festive holiday things, um, my uh, community was completely shut down yesterday with police and firefighters with Santa Claus showing up at our local park. Um, it was absolutely fantastic to see all of the um, kiddos and neighbors going out there to check that out. So um, I know that there are more opportunities in different areas of town. I just wanted to thank whoever invited Santa and provided security for him to come down here and meet our kids and making that opportunity available for, for our kids to get outside and enjoy our parks. And so I just thought that that was really creative and outstanding and I just applaud everybody involved with that. Um, we discussed commission appointments, and I know that the council has um, a policy on how we wanna do that, but I do also recognize a couple things. Um, in watching some of the commission meetings, it appears as though we have some commissioners that don't frequently show up, um, and as well as we have two new council members that won't have the opportunity to potentially select their, um, their commissioners. And I'm wondering if we can agendize um, what the council thinks about like agendizing the discussion on the commission appointments and whether or not we can visit it 
for all commission appointments every two years. That way, despite the elections and whatever, everybody can kind of have a say, because I think some of the new people may want to have some say in who, who represents their district on there. Is that something that we can agendize, that discussion? Same process, we just need a... Uh, okay, so I'd like to make that motion if I... Right. Second. Second. That we present the policy? That we revisit the policy and so that instead of having overlap, that we look at every two years deciding whether we want to open it back up or, or select somebody different or, right? Because the goal is that everybody should... Yeah. So we're gonna talk about the policy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the motion would be then to bring it back to council. Correct. For us at this yeah, time. There, there, there was, just as a reminder, there was a lot of discussion, a lot of thought put into right. that because you don't want everybody exiting at the same time, the same year. So that's why the staggered um, terms and, and, and appointment sure. times. But uh, under, totally understand that with the new council that um, it would be worth a confirmation or discussion about that. So we can certainly bring that right. back to council for your discussion. Okay. Perfect. Second. Um, thank you, Mr. Mayor. And then the last thing that I wanted to um, bring up is that um, uh, on New Year's Eve, um, uh, we are having a fundraiser for Walt Simon, who dedicated 29 years of his um, life to serving at the Vacaville Police Department. He's a homegrown Vacaville boy and a valued member of our community. He's coached youth sports. He's done a lot for for Vacaville and Vacaville families and kids. Um, he unfortunately has a, a diagnosis of, of cancer and um, there is a effort to try to help provide some funding for him to um, get treatment that he, that he really needs right now. And so um, I just wanted to make sure that the public was, is aware that uh, there is a fundraising effort for him and his family. Um, you can find information at solanofamilyfirstresponders.com. You can contact any police officer um, for the city of Vacaville and they will point you in that direction. But um, for somebody who's done so much for our community, um, we're hoping that we can start the new year off doing something incredible for somebody who uh, has given so much to our town. And Thank you. Next we'll go to Councilmember Wiley. It has been a busy time of year, and last week I was able to go to the Travis Air Force Base and see a wonderful uh, ceremony to honor about 27 men and women who 15 months ago did the heroic um, mission to evacuate civilians and service members from Afghanistan. So they told a brief part of that story and how they put themselves in danger to save others. And it was just really remarkable to listen to the lives of people who work every day for us. And we just need to always remember the, the work that the military, all branches of the military are doing for us. But it was a wonderful uh, ceremony and they received the Distinguished Flying Medal so Distinguished Flying, flying cross. cross Medal. And a lot of them were from Travis, but then some people were from the East Coast, some people were from other places. So it wasn't just Travis members, but it was a wonderful ceremony um, last week for that. And then with the holiday, we mentioned the Merriment on Main, and that was wonderful to have back again. And we also had the Winter Wonder Walk, and the museum had a, a tour this week. So a lot of fun activities are going on. 
At the same time that people are enjoying the holidays, our servicemen and women often don't get the holidays off. And then at the beginning of the meeting, we also talked about the people in Vacaville and other places that don't have a place right now, the houseless people they were talking about. So this coming Thursday, next Thursday, the 22nd, there's going to be the National Homeless Persons Memorial Day. It's a national day observance and it falls on actually December 21st because that's the first day of winter, which is the longest night, the darkest night. And so that's why they have a, um, that day. Vacaville is going to observe that on the 22nd at Orchard Baptist Church. And they're going to have an activity at um, 4.30 in the afternoon. And so one thing that we wanted to do was to have a proclamation from the city council saying that um, we were with the National Day of Observance for Homeless People. And we want to observe that as well. So this will be, this proclamation will be um, delivered at that activity. And anyone is welcome to go. That's 4.30 next Thursday. So I just wanted to, to say, you know, holidays are great. A lot of people don't have the same experience. And we did lose, I think they, there are five people who died this year in Vacaville that were homeless. So we want to observe that next Thursday. And those are the things that I have. Thank you. Councilmember Ritchie. Okay. I'll see all my uh, talk for before I kind of lose my voice. Um, and the comments from um, Council Silver really remind me of how long it's been since I felt we've been here at the dais. Um, it's absolutely amazing. We're kind of down at the, the new council members and positive about the energy has going forward. But it reminds me, I guess, try to catalog, go backwards in my thoughts. Um, he covered a lot, so it helps with my voice. But I had the opportunity to attend a bio conference with Councilman Silva, Roberts, um, Aaron, or CM, and Don. And it was amazing to go to San Francisco to kind of really step out and see uh, representatives of the city really take a positive effect and go and make sure that we can kind of educate ourselves and be passionate, to make sure the backfield is seen in a presence to really kind of get out there. Our, our goal, a part of the strategic plan really is to make sure all those independent items come together in a cohesive way. And the economic development is such a powerful linchpin. It's like the gas in the engine. It's gonna push us to allow us to have a safe city, allow us to have housing for all, allow us to have the land wide district we want. All the things are gonna be in like right now in our, our economy is very important. Like what we're doing is is paramount with the, the work that Don and team has team has done to uh, attract companies to come to Backfield to see that they're asking about housing, education, quality of life, public safety. They want to make sure they bring their companies to the city. Their, their residents, their employees will be safe at night, have a good school to go to in the morning. It all works together. So I think like all those independent items, they're all in unison and they have to work together or else it's not going to work. Um, going there is amazing. I actually had a, I surprised Boba and went to his um, Islamic Community College and actually met the professor that was honored. It was amazing. It was amazing. I felt like a little kid when I went there. Um, to see what like is going on in that building, I think everyone in the community should really understand when we talk about biotech, biotech, it sounds interesting, but that place is just like a bunch of army ants. These young men and women were just passionate about trying to make humanity better right in our own backyard. I mean, they were just doing some stuff that I had no idea. Like it's amazing to really admit how much you don't know, 
And I walked in there and I felt like a little kid. Like Mike and his professors were talking about so many things that aren't gonna make, they're not equities, they're not trades, it's not Wall Street. It's things that are gonna make humanity better. When you or your family is sick or hurt, you might say, aha, that was created here in Vacaville one day and that will save you. And it was amazing to see what they're doing and the advancement of what Don's doing by the help of all of us to really bring that to Vacaville. And like, it's, it's amazing. Um, I really agree with what Mike is saying. One of the best things about free income development is giving people the opportunity to climb out of problems. And you know, like, if you keep trying to build stuff, help people, and help people, help people, you're never gonna get out of the hole because sands keep on falling on top. We gotta create a path, like a ladder to climb out of the problems. The education, through education, provide opportunities to get better jobs is important. I think this, I said before, like I want, I want the ability to have people in Vacaville who work at places. They could be a janitor or teacher. Hey, I'm going to go get educated and taught and learn and get certificates to become this person in my community. And now they go two miles or a mile and a half one direction. And now they're working a new biotech company that we've created. Like that's the path out. And you can't can't lower rent enough to help people. You can't make food cheap enough with with with, with coupons you've got to create paths to get out of problems and we have to make sure people can feel they can do it i think having what can we call it in our backyard with jobs that they can physically see makes this opportunity tangible and so it all comes together um when it comes to community benefit he saved my my time talking about the memory i made was amazing um it's magical and i i really i really appreciate everyone who's involved with keeping that tradition going I've lived in the city my whole life, and there's a few things I remember. It's going to the Fiesta's Parade and marrying on me. Like, it was something I looked forward to every single year. And like, that is such a big community benefit to keep this place we call Vacaville, that magical place. We created a new one with the help of the district dollars. Um, it's called Snow Day. Um, it was awesome. So it was another way to bring community. And it was in my district. You know, I, I really wish... It's not my district, it's, it's in the city of Vacaville. And we had people come all over, like 5,000 people. And it was, it was amazing to see how people came and, and, and celebrated and had fun. Like that's how, that's community. You know, it was a wonderful time and just went off like clockwork. So I just kind of want to really just reconvey that and just, it's amazing what we're doing together. Like if we keep the vision going forward, we can really create this 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 opportunity, opportunity city we want. Um, my voice going out, so thank you so much. Thank you, Councilmember Chapman. Thank you, Mayor Carly. Good evening. Um, being the newest member on the board, um, I do not have that much to share this evening. I've spent the past two days, I think it's two, onboarding. Uh, meeting many of the staff, and uh, I've I've asked that um, if a staff person could schedule a meeting for me with the department heads, I would like to meet with the department heads here in the city and some of the staff, if possible. I did walk through HR today and was introduced to those that were um, hard at work at their in their office. Um, and we have some wonderful, dedicated, hardworking people here in Vacaville. I'm looking forward to my time working with the mayor and my colleagues here. 
uh, at the dais. Um, some are not aware, but uh, there were those who worked very closely with me during my campaign. And I must admit, I had such a wonderful committee and support base. I had, um, I had a call to go to Nashville. Um, my only sibling called out to me and I had to go and I was there I was able to arrive two days before she passed. I'm not gonna talk about it this evening. However, I, uh, some of you may not or might have wondered, well, where is Sarah since the election? There've been activities throughout the city and no one has seen her. Other than those that have, that have worked with me knew that I was out of the area. And when I sent my sister passed, uh, three days after my arrival, that was right after midnight of election night. So as results were coming in and support my supporters, you know, writing to me and keeping me current on what was going on here at home, it was hard for me to really appreciate it and don't take me wrong, but my heart and my, I was in pain. And like I said, even now, I'm, I'm gonna get away from the subject because it's not easy. But I wanna let you know that when I was leaving the house today, this evening, I was changing portfolios. And I happened to open this one up and the first thing I saw was, this little light of mine is going to shine as I work for justice. How, how ironic is that? But this be the thing that I view as I'm leaving the door to come here. I campaigned on being a listener, um, wanting to hear. And the only way that you can make a difference and hear someone or to work in someone's behalf is to hear them, hear them before you can even do what's needed. And I'm a researcher, I'm going to search out the facts. I'm gonna to go to the people that know, I'm gonna to go to the experts. I'm not gonna doubt, and I'm not gonna lead you astray. When I meet with the mayor uh, this week, I think we have a meeting coming up this week again. Um, there are a couple of things I, I want, I would like to see if we could address right away. Information and things that I viewed in the community as I was canvassing my district. These are pressing issues and some I couldn't believe had gone on as long as they had. And one is a major health issue. So anyway, I'm saying all of this to say that I heard and I saw and I will be I'll be doing the work that a council person should do in behalf of the people of, of the city. And so call on me, I'm here, I'm here. And I know it's a, gonna be a little deep learning curve, but I'm a fast learner. So happy holidays. Thank you. And uh, I just wanna say thank you uh, again. I'm looking forward to this opportunity to work with all of you. Um, some would say I failed retirement. I think I only lasted a little bit over a year. Uh, but 
One thing that I know for all of you who are in the room, staff included, especially when you look at what we value in a community, uh, we're here because we care about it. We all bring unique perspectives, and I think it's important that we we lean in and we learn and we listen to each other's perspectives and what we bring. Um, education is definitely a, a very important uh, opportunity here, and it's really nice to have an, as much um, knowledge and skill institutional understanding of how that parlays into local government. I have to give a shout out to the 21st Century uh, Academy. Um, I was able to see some kids in action and it's very, very different than when I was a kid. First graders are programming and what they're doing is, is they're working in alignment with the entire school so that the older kids are actually solving a problem, but they're doing it together. And so the strategies are very, very different than my upbringing. But it was an exciting opportunity to see what's going on here in Vacaville. And so uh, for that, I think it's just, it's amazing what you don't know that you don't know when you're out meeting people. And certainly during the election campaign, opportunity just like you, to really see some things that may be the attention. And so, Look forward to this council being able to work together to identify those and actually do it collectively. We all are wanting what's best for the city, and not, that's not just external in the community, but it's also how we operate as staff. So I appreciate the more than 30 years of service with, within the local government here, and I, I at least have less of that learning curve, but I'll be very helpful as much as I can. So thank you, and um, I'll just end with that on council comments. And uh, with that, um, we're gonna go into closed session. So it's the end of the regular session. Is there anything else other than we're just going to adjourn and there's nothing else to report? Is that correct? That's correct. No reporting now. All right. So thank you, Vacaville. Good evening. A motion. Oh.